Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Tragic. I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan Peruzzi, and with me is my co-host, Alex Richman. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I think that's the first time you've said that. <laughs> Not... <laughs> I think that's how we've been the last month, but also, uh... Man, things in the world right now are pretty fucky. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I, honestly, also, I want to point this out, um, because maybe people are wondering, like, why maybe we haven't mentioned anything that's been going on in the world right now. We understand everything that's going on in the world right now with shootings, women's rights. We understand all that. We want this podcast to be an escape from all that. Right? Yeah, definitely. Alex, I think you and me. I talked to you about this when we first started the podcast, that I want this podcast to be, like, I have several podcasts for me where I listen to it and they help me cure my sadness, or, like, if I'm feeling anxiety or depression, like, I can just listen to that cop. yeah, I can listen to that podcast and just feel better, and I want that to be a podcast for other people as well. I want to bring joy to other people so that's why we haven't talked about serious issues it's not like we don't recognize them it's just like for one it's not really our place at times mm -hmm. but at the same time like we are an entertainment podcast and we want to keep it to an entertainment base but i just want to say right now we understand everything that's going on and uh we support women and everything that's going on right now right yep okay so, I just want to point that out. We got all the bad shit out of the way. Alright, Alex. What are you playing and watching lately? Well, uh, I've been watching a little bit of Miss Marvel. I've been playing what? some Ghost of Tsushima. A little bit uh, of everything. Uh, you know what? I actually saw... You know what? I spy on you sometimes on PSN like a creeper. <laughs> and I saw you... Either you're playing Fall Guys or you're playing Ghost right now. <laughs> yeah. On your PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Fall Guys, because like we uh, were just talking you know, about, it's a good escape. You know, we can team up on that. <laughs> oh, can we? I'm down for that. <laughs> I would love to. I actually have a demo on my PS5, and dude, I have 30 wins under my belt. 30 plus oh, wins under my belt. Yeah. <laughs> I have like two. <laughs> well... You're not as competitive as I am in my my uh, dead heart, so <laughs> so you'll you'll be carrying me in uh, Fall Guys. <laughs> I will pull you up from those those areas where you're like, I need to get up here, and I'll just pull you up. <laughs> um, but Fall Guys, Ghost of Tsushima, what else? Uh, I've been watching uh, Stranger Things. Uh, Obviously, uh, we won't talk about that soon. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Yep. <laughs> but, very uh, excited. Yeah, I mean, everything I've been watching has been, like, newsworthy things, yeah. Yeah, yep, 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 <laughs> so newsworthy things. All right. Actually, so, I've been going a little bit, uh, a little bit rogue with my gaming lately. I think last episode I said I was going old school. Since then, I purchased a... 5 terabyte external hard drive for my PS5. Oh, nice. So I have 
So many games. Also, only 80 bucks. Damn. Compared Very to the other ones. Very good deal. Ones, also, yeah, yeah. As plugging in back to the PS5, got five extra terabytes of hard drive for my PS4 games specifically. It's not my PS5 games. Because mm -hmm. when you get an external hard drive, it doesn't not count towards your PS5 games. But, I also was like, well, what if I just upgrade the fuck out of my PS5? And I started looking at deals. I waited for a deal. I got a um, one terabyte SSD drive for my PS5. <laughs> and let me tell you, Alex, those motherfuckers are very easy to install. This is coming from an idiot. I couldn't put a bookcase very well together, but I could do this. Um, like, I had, like, I, I, um, yeah, I, I just watched a five-minute YouTube video, I think, from IGN, honestly. I think it was actually Justin Legary that, uh, did the video, and I watched it, I was like, got it, I tried it. I didn't even need to re-watch the video. It was so self-explanatory within just doing the thing that it just, yeah. And so now I have 1.5 terabytes in my PS5. That's pretty um, nice. Dude, I can't tell you how nice it is because, like, for me personally, it's like, there are times where I'm like, I want to play Hitman 3. I want to play a couple, like, maybe I just watched an MCU movie and I want to play the Avengers for a couple missions, mm -hmm. right? But guess what? Both of those games are 100 fucking gigs each. <laughs> yeah. They're very fucking heavy on the gig. So it was just difficult. Like, I had to pick and choose my thing, so now I don't have to do that. And it's just so, so nice to not be able to pick and choose what I want to play or what I want on my console. I can just play the shit. And honestly, I've been playing with uh, Jane Foster on Avengers lately. I know I complained about it. I think it was, like, like the second episode. Mm-hmm. I complained about how, like, do we need another Thor character? And you know what? I was right. <laughs> like, <laughs> she feels way too similar to Thor. And I understand that there is Thor Love and Thunder coming out, so it's actually a great promotion alongside that, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe people will pick up on, like, oh, you can play as a female Thor in this Avengers game, and they will want to play it. But honestly, she's not different enough. Yeah. Like, a lot of the same combo sets and stuff like that are just way too similar for me. Um, and honestly, maybe just kind of drop out immediately. I don't even think I got her to level 15. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I, I could, just immediately I dropped that. out because... And th Alex, and you know it's a big deal for me because I actually have played this game a lot. I've leveled up every character... And I know how badly Spider-Man controlled in Avengers compared to Fortnite, which is, was very <laughs> bad PR for Avengers, considering Fortnite got the Sweeney right more than Avengers did. Mm -hmm. That was just bad PR for them. But, I don't know. Yeah, and then I'm just... I also, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, that's awesome. Is that the first uh, time you played it? it? No, no, no. I think this is my third. <laughs> oh, dang. I think I've beaten the campaign twice. <laughs> and so this is my third time. I just... Dude, I fucking adore this game. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Like I just I adore this game and I do the same thing every time as soon as I start the game, which is I go into the snowy mountains and I get the Arabian horse. Mm-hmm. As the best horse in the game, you can buy a different coat of a different uh, Arabian later on, but they cost a thousand bucks. When you can just go out into the wild, into the snowy mountains, and get one for free. Um, it's very difficult. It's not easy. You definitely need some cinema uh, uh, potions to even help you get that fucking horse, but it's worth it. But, dude, that game is top notch. Also, Alex, would you object to an HBO Red Dead Redemption TV show? Uh, I wouldn't, depending on who, like, they get to, to do it. What if uh, I told you that Daniel Day-Lewis played Dutch? I could definitely see that. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that be so good? Yeah. That'd be and then Josh, Br- Josh Brolin as Arthur? Oh, yeah. Damn, you're already putting it together. This is perfect. HBO, if you're listening, <laughs> hire me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I think I can condense that story into, uh... Honestly, also, because of how long that story goes, and the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2 is a part... Or Red Dead Redemption, I'm sorry, is a part of the post-epilogue of Red Dead Redemption 2, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You can get eight seasons out of that show easily, right? Yeah, for sure. And it would actually coherently make sense in terms of, like, how the story progresses... From Arthur to John, mm-hmm. I think I think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, they could personally. still do it though. I think it could still happen, and it probably no 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 will. it can it can no 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 no. I think it could more than likely happen, especially with Last of Us. If Last of Us is successful, we will see things like Red Dead Redemption as these kind of TV shows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it all depends on Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I think lots of us is honestly, and I don't. Did we ever talk about the shared photos that they shared at the PlayStation Expo? Uh, I don't think so. Dude, they look great. Yeah, they do. I mean, it looks now like they a lot the of people are people. are bothered by the fact that Pedro Pascal doesn't have the full beard. I'm like, well, he can't grow a full beard. Like, yeah. what do you want the man to do? Like, take fucking hormone pills? I don't... <laughs> like... Yeah. I don't understand. And then, also, what's her name? Belly... Bell... Bell Ramsey? The I'm girl from Game of Thrones. Oh, is that who she is? Holy crap. She's Ellie. That. That's awesome. Yeah, the one with the smirky looks on the horse. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's Ellie. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's going to be an awesome show either way, just having those two, so. Oh, God. I'm so excited for that show, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so fucking exciting for people to discover the games after they watch the show. Like, yeah. people that just haven't played video games, it's like, oh, maybe I'll check this out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, right. I'm trying to think of anything else I watch. Oh, The Boys. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I've been really looking forward to watching that for a while. Um, Alex, um, Homelander is Trump. Yep. (laughs) 
And also, like, I also looked at previous, like, writing things. I was like, wait, 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 wait. When did the evil Superman thing really take place? Home? The boys did it first. Oh, you mean, like, comic-wise they did it first? Yes, because, like, the first... Correct me if I'm wrong. And I might be wrong, folks. There might be a lot of DC fanboys um, screaming at their um, their phones right now. But Injustice was the first time that evil Superman was a thing, right? Uh, I honestly don't know. I'd say, like, uh, Red Sun, maybe, if you consider him evil in that. But Okay, but he's just straight-up villain in Injustice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like, like I said, I actually haven't read much Superman comics, so this is why I'm coming to you. And also, I want to ask you, I don't know if you know this, I fucking love Supergirl. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you known this? Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I talked about my love for Supergirl. I've never watched a Supergirl show. Should I? You know my taste. Should I watch Supergirl? Uh, I think you would enjoy it for a bit. It's a good show for, like, the first... <laughs> for a bit? Yeah, for the first, like, three seasons, I really enjoyed it. And then it turned into kind of, like, the same <sighs> problem, like, The Flash has. Where uh, they just keep uh, kind of recycling stuff over and over again. God damn it. Yeah. But, Maybe I mean, I'll just talk to you after this podcast about what Supergirl comics I can read. I I because, wouldn't know on that part, unfortunately. Fuck my <laughs> life. All right, I guess I'll do some internet research. I just always have loved Kara as a character. Mm-hmm. I've read a few things where she was like, I, like I said, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on this podcast, but I grew up in a comic book shop essentially uh, with Fancy Game World here in Chico, California. Like, and you know that shop, Alex? Oh yeah. Um, I was raised on comics in that shop, so there was a lot of times where it's like, there was downtime between tournaments, magic tournaments, hero click tournaments, right? And so I was just reading comics, and Kara would pop up once in a while, but she was never a central character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like, nowadays, it feels like she is getting a central more placement, and I'm very happy about that, because I think, honestly, I like Superman, and when people say that Superman is a boring character, I think that's a very boring take. Yeah, I agree. Because it's like, okay, you just obviously haven't read Superman comics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you just take Superman at his base, and you actually haven't read anything about him. Yeah. Right? So it's like Superman All-Star, right? I actually read that. Mm-hmm. Superman All-Star is fucking fantastic. And, like, it's just like... With these ultra-powered beings, it's like... Yeah, I get it, like, there's no emotional connection, but, like, you just need to find the right comics for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. To humanize these characters. Yeah. But, anyway. There, I mean, there's a... There's a run that happened about four years ago where uh, Superman uh, had a son. 
Uh, it was mm-hmm. one of the best storylines of like a father and son learning like to work together that I've probably ever read. So, I mean, finding the right, like you said, finding the right combination of comics is what what you need to find to yeah, yeah. Get invested. Humanizing him. Yeah. Um, which is what we talked about last week with aliens, like humanizing the characters. Mm-hmm. All right. So, the one thing I can say that I'll also... Uh, uh, <laughs> we went off on a Superman tangent. I've been watching The Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I am halfway through season three. Oh, nice. So, I have not watched Herogasm yet, Alex. <laughs> um, but I did watch the... Um, tiny Man Crawling Into Another Man's Penis scene and that was <laughs> like I, I when the previous scene happened and he sneezed I was like oh no <laughs> I know what's gonna happen um and it happened and it didn't stop it from being absolutely fucking hilarious and it's just so funny because like I've been going back and listening to a lot of people talk about the season one and two of the boys right and how vulgar it is I'm like have I just watched too many horror movies <laughs> where I don't think any of this stuff is actually that vulgar. Is that what it is? I don't know. I, Do you feel that way too sometimes where people talk about, oh my god, that was so scary. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, I definitely feel that way. I mean, I watch too much shit that's just uh, really messed up the, <laughs> to other people, I guess. Like, show-wise and... I mean, I guess video game-wise, since we're always playing, like, horror games and stuff, it's just, it's not that crazy, but for something like The Boys, it seems more crazy, because you don't usually see that in a TV show. And superhero shows. Yeah, superhero shows, too. Also, there are direct points between Injustice and The Boys are very interesting. Like, there's a moment in... I think it's an Injustice 1. Spoilers for a 10-year-old video game, by the way, I guess. <laughs> I, am I okay, Alex? Do you think I'm okay with the 10-year-old video game spoiler? Yeah, I mean, they made a movie of it, like, two years ago now, too. It so was terrible! People, yeah. It was but, terrible! Well, people probably know at this point. If not, okay. spoilers. <laughs> Sh- Superman laser Shazam mm-hmm. into his eyeballs. And you know what I played Injustice 1 again after watching The Boys. I actually played Injustice 1 and 2 after (laughs) watching The Boys. So when Superman eyes Shazam, I was like, oh, it reminded me of Sitwell. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Shue's character when she gets her eyes lasered out. Mm -hmm. Like, all of it was so connected to Injustice and Superman. And also, I didn't realize when I started researching Injustice, Zack Snyder took a lot of cues from Injustice for his movies. Yeah, I could see that. Including the Batman, Superman raging, Batman killing people, the soldiers that Batman followed, like, all that. I was like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. Like, he took so many direct scenes and was like, yep, I like that. 
Um, also, the Dark Knight Returns comic book. He also took a lot from that. Um, but anyways, I think that's it for me, for my likes. I think I went on a little too long for, for that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're all good. Um, so, final episode of Obi-Wan. How do you like it? Uh, I think it was great, but only for about five minutes of greatness <laughs> oh i'll take it i'll take it yeah <laughs> what about um, you honestly you know i've been thinking about this a lot and i'm kind of in the same boat as you but at the same time it's like it's better than the prequels mm-hmm you know, if you ask me, like, rank your Star Wars things, like, I would have Obi-Wan, the TV show, in front of all the prequel movies. Yeah. Because of the acting, the directing, like, it just felt more humanized, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, look, I, you and me actually grew up with the prequels, right? Yeah. We were actually the forefront of what the prequel crowd was maybe tiny kids that grew up with the old movies but we gr were growing up with these new movies mm -hmm. and you, i would say alex you me and a lot of others we liked those movies as kids but as you grow older you start to be like oh these are okay yeah that's that's something um, like, <laughs> you just start to recognize how many issues these movies have. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, Obi-Wan was such a good show in terms of, like, building Anakin and Obi-Wan in terms of, like, if you haven't seen the animated shows, right? Because there are a lot of people, not you or me... But there's just a lot of people that don't care to watch these animated Star Wars shows. Yeah. So they have to kind of piece together in a very short form of how we feel about these characters, you and me, because we watched, what, seven years of Clone Wars and we understand the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan much more. But in terms of this, the live-action audience, they don't know. Yeah. Right? They get one scene that's uh, going back to Obi-Wan and Anakin. And, and it was fucking great. Got. Yeah, it was great. But it didn't have as much context as seven seasons of a show. Does. No, no, no. For <laughs> So for you and me, when we watched that scene, we were probably cheerful, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, oh my god. They're also doing the exact same, like, the way they stand and the way they fight, it's exactly like episode three. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very cool. But at the same time, it's like, there's just some things that were just like, toward the end, like, Obi-Wan not killing Vader made no sense besides the fact that he needs to be in more more movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it this There's point... no other reason mm -hmm. because in that moment Obi-Wan says my friend is dead. 
So all that's standing in front of him is just this murderous monster. Why wouldn't he kill him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's just those tiny little things, but at the same time, like, us Star Wars fans is going to be like, man, the can's already been fucked up so much as it is, right? Mm. Even from George Lucas, not even from Disney. Yeah. Like, people have been shitting on the Disney canon of, like, messing up things, but let's not forget that Leia talked about how much she saw her mother when she was younger, but yet, like, Padme died at childbirth, so how would she actually know that? Mm-hmm. There's just these tiny little things, right? Yeah. And they actually tied it together, like, just Obi-Wan telling her, like, you have this from your mother. Mm-hmm. They actually gave that context, which was nice. Yeah. But, anyway, what did you think of just the whole season, overall? Uh, it was fun to watch every week. It was not something I really feel like I need to go back to. It felt like it was drawn out when it could have just been a movie, I feel like. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really... But I don't know... A movie would have been weird. Because it would have just felt like a drawn-out movie, right? Yeah, but at the same time, there were so many subplots that... They right go now, Right now don't go anywhere, but there may be other shows that take them somewhere. I mean, but, that's what Disney is doing. Honestly, that's what been, Disney has been doing for the last ten years is they have a thing, but they also promote the next five things within mm-hmm. their TV show or their movies, right? Like, let's look at Age of Ultron. How many fucking movies were they promoting in Age of Ultron? <laughs> yeah. Five? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then I, I assume Andor is going to set up Rogue One and a bunch of other things much more uh, in a substantial way that makes a little bit more... Not makes sense, because we understood where the Rogue One crew came from. Mm-hmm. Honestly, do you feel the Andor... <laughs> series is even I feel like it's kind of pointless yeah no it seems pretty damn pointless honestly I don't know why they would... we know where his character goes yeah he dies yeah spoiler <laughs> is it spo- no like, it's been like it's been years since that came out <laughs> no 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 if anyone is listening to this and you haven't watched Rogue One, that's your fucking fault. I'm so sorry, but that's just your <laughs> own fucking fault. They haven't watched Rogue One yet. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite Star Wars movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Probably. It's in my top five. Yeah. I I fucking adore that movie, and I think uh, Felicia Jones is like, oh, you got another short-haired Brit girl with some spunk. Yeah, she's definitely a Star Wars protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right, Miss Marvel, Alex. Actually, um, so with Miss Marvel, I actually kind of want you to go. I want to hear your opinions on this show because you are the Miss Marvel super fan. Uh, essentially, I'm not, not really a super fan, but I I followed followed it for the most part. <laughs> 
Well, well, well I, I think you followed things over the last few years, right? Uh, I followed it the first, like, small, short run of uh, Miss Marvel, and it's been quite a while. But, okay. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, from what I've seen of the show so far, I think four episodes are out now. I've only seen the first two so far. Really? I, yeah. I, okay. I think they're fantastic. I think it's probably one of my favorite, uh, Marvel shows right now. Uh, it's definitely pretty high on the list of, uh, the Marvel shows kind of above, like... I think it's right below WandaVision for me, and that's, like, the top. So <laughs> Okay, so you and me are in the same boat of WandaVision being the top tier. Mm-hmm. Because I think WandaVision just dealt with grief in such a profound way. Yeah. Um, Themes-wise, I don't think WandaVision can be topped. No. Because it actually dealt with very real things that I have dealt with myself, so I don't know if... WandaVision for me will ever be topped. I want to say actually deal with something in that similar matter. Um, honestly, for me right now, I've watched four episodes. I've watched all four. Mm-hmm. For me right now, it is number four. Number four? That's pretty good. So it would go... Well, yeah, no, no, no. In terms of the Marvel TV shows, it's pretty good. So WandaVision, Loki... Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what... It would fall in right now. It could bounce up, but I think the protagonists are... The protagonists are losing me a little bit. I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't yeah. want to say too much because you only watch two episodes. But I'm really, really liking the main actress. Mm-hmm. Also, how do you feel... Because you are way more of a Miss Marvel fan. Like, how do you feel about the power changes that you've seen? Uh, first, I was kind of like, why? But now I <laughs> I think it works really well because it, the show itself is doing a really good job yes. of showing a different perspective of maybe a life that we don't have a window into. And I think yes. that the way that she gets the power is uh, something that kind of connects to that as well. What Rather than uh, she has stretchy arms and can make a big fist like this. Yes, is I think they're more... doing something. Yeah, they're doing something. They're doing some interesting things with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I know you're a huge Kamal fan, so that's why I wanted to ask you about it. Um no, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Also, I, dude, it's nice to learn about South Asian culture, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of the reasons. It's really why it's cool. so high on the the list for me, actually. No, 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 no. Don't make Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm. I don't appreciate all those things. Mm-hmm. In terms of like why it's high on my list, it's just in terms of like what I grew up with. And I just love Haley Steinfeld so much. (laughs) So that's why it's still third on my list. But in terms of, like, team building, like, dude, I want Miss Marvel and Kate Bishop to interact. Mm -hmm. So badly. Also, can we get Bruno and Peter Parker to interact? Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Please. Please. 
Also, I don't know if you know this. Marvel Studios wanted the actor that plays Bruno to be Spider-Man. Oh, really? But oh, Sony dang. wanted Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm like, I can see either. Yeah. He so feels like a... <laughs> he, yeah, no, I can see, like, when I was watching it, I was like, man, you feel like a Spider-Man character in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only knowing that he was actually going to be Spider-Man. So, all right. We need to move along. Let's move along. Let's move along. All right. Stranger Things, Alex. <laughs> Holy shit. Season for the ages, honestly. What mm-hmm. do you think? Uh, I think it was the best season all around. Uh, oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. It's, uh... So... How do I put this? Because this will probably come up throughout our show a lot. Uh, it has some parallels to another, like, my favorite show of all time. Uh... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the last season. Oh, there's of it. a there's definitely some Buffy moments. Yeah. Yes. Especially yeah. the way that the spoilers this season ends with some things happening in Hawkins uh, that will not be able to be changed back. <laughs> I'm trying not to yeah, get too. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I feel like if anyone was a Stranger Things fan, they've watched it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, let's let's keep things. You know what? Let me just put it. spoilers from here on out. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of hard not for... to. Yeah, exactly. It's hard not to spoilers for season four from here on out. If you want to hear, just skip what like five to seven minutes maybe, because mm-hmm. um, I think you and me are gonna have a bit of a nice dive. Alex, I just want to say my favorite scene of this entire show was the fucking Master of Puppets. Yeah. With That's the... absolutely my favorite fucking scene. Also, it doesn't make sense because I think they're in... <laughs> I'm gonna get nitpicky here. I think they're in, like, the summer of 86 and Master of Puppets, the album, came out in March. Mm-hmm. So it makes me hard to believe that he learned that song in that time. But that's just me being a nitpicky fucking asshole here. I honestly um, thought it was closer to the 90s than that. I, I can't believe that. No, it, I think Master of Puppets is 86. Hmm. As okay. a music fucking nerd, uh, as I am a music fucking dork as well. Hmm. Um, it's hard to just keep track of everything in your head. <laughs> um, um, honestly, though, um, I want to ask you something. Um, is what's her name dead? The redhead. I why am I forgetting her name at the moment? Oh, Max Mayfield. Max. Max. Yeah. Is Max dead? No. Yes and no, I think, at the moment. Uh, I kind of got the feeling that when Eleven went into her head again, that maybe she was brain dead. Yeah, no, no, she's definitely brain dead. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we're supposed to pick up from that. So, yeah, I I don't know if there's going to be any change in that, but right now, yeah, I think she's... What was your reaction to her bones breaking? 
Uh, I thought it was done. I thought we. I thought she was done. <laughs> I did too. But then they did the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker thing and made me groan a little bit. <laughs> What's that? That she gave her life force to Max. Oh, I thought. See what I took away from that is since she has like telekinetic powers that she was like using it to uh, pump her heart, like to get it going. Again. No, but just commit to the death. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did with Eddie, unfortunately. No. Don't even <laughs> mention my boy like that. <laughs> Honestly, I, uh, Eddie's death. I cried. Yeah. I cried. I cried. Amber was right next to me. I was holding back tears because I don't want her to see me at my weak point as a man. Because I'm a man, Alex. <laughs> I don't want her to see me at a weak point. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. But it's okay. Oh my God, no! Eddie's death hit me hard because one. There's a part of me that knew it was coming because anytime Stranger Things introduces a lovable character in that season, they die. Mm-hmm. Alexov. Yeah. Alexov, right? Mm-hmm. The dude with the glasses and the red and the cherry Slurpee. Yeah. They've always done this. Also, what did you really have to like when he said like this is for you, like what's your name? Chrissy? This is for you, Chrissy. I was like, oh, it was such a hype-ass fucking moment, and then he starts playing Master of Fucking Puppets, mm -hmm. and I just, I wanted to jump out my window out of the hype. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And also, did you expect more deaths? I did. Yeah. Uh... One death I was kind of happy about was the, uh... <laughs> that sounds kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, the dude that get, that gets split in half like he's yeah. a fucking grilled cheese? Yeah. <laughs> like, That guy Jason. was annoying. Yeah. Jason. No, I hate that, that he has the, the name of my father, but, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> my father was not that dickish. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, uh... Yeah, he was an asshole. I liked his fight. Also, I liked that Lucas got something to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he actually had a really emotional scene. I felt like Lucas, for the most part, in terms of the whole show, has been a backseat. Yeah. Same with Will. I just want to say that. Same with Will. It feels like Dustin and Mike have always been given the most to do in terms of the, the four, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even well, though Dustin was a fucking moron in season two, we won't <laughs> even. Well, the oh, Duffer Brothers. Well, babe, I think this thing is fine. Let me just, you know, take care. <laughs> even though I've seen this thing before, let me just take care of it like it's a fucking pet. I'm like, Dustin, you just encountered another realm a year ago, my friend. Mm hmm. And you don't think this this thing is high, isn't suspicious? And you're the supposed to, like if it was any other character, I would have believed it. But it's Dustin, mm -hmm. and he's the most suspicious one of them all. <laughs> Am I wrong? I guess not. 
Like, he's the one that's like, oh, fuck, we shouldn't do this. Like, <laughs> it, oh, it infuriated me. Anyways, um, any, any predictions for Stranger Things Season 5? Uh, I don't know about predictions, but I know the Duffer Brothers... I think, Brothers, like, Will's gonna be the focus. Yeah, Duffer Brothers did say that in a, uh, in an did article. They? Yeah. Said Will's gonna Will's be, gonna be the focus? The big, big focus, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It began with him, it ends with him, right? Yeah. He's gonna sacrifice himself for Mike. Probably. That's at least... Will's gonna die, he's gonna sacrifice himself for Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can go along with that. That probably is what's going to happen. Well, I guess we'll see in 2024 when it comes out. Yeah, 2024. <laughs> what year is it? 2022. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I actually forgot what year. I was like, wait, what year is it? Is it 2023? <laughs> I can't remember anything anymore. Hmm. Alright. I think, yeah, we need to move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to news. Leah Sado has joined Doom Part 2 in role of Lady Margaret. Do you... oh, Lady Margaret. Have you read Dune, uh, by the way? I have all the books. I have not read a single one of them. <laughs> oh, so you do the thing that I do where you just buy a book and you're like, you know what, this is going to make me seem much smarter than I actually am. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you do the same thing as me. Alright, let's just move on. <laughs> we have nothing to say about that, apparently. Um, other than Leah Sadeau is a great fucking actress, and I'm happy for her, right? <laughs> yep. Alice, give me two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Like... Two thumbs up. Also, I don't think we mentioned this. Me and Alice are doing this podcast remotely from now on. Yeah. Just we didn't mention that audio. last time. <laughs> Oh, extremely better audio, but also, Alex, I miss you. <laughs> you too, buddy. <laughs> I miss your, uh, I miss your scent. <laughs> this went somewhere I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I miss your, uh, your vibe. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was trying to go to a creepy place with that. And you can go with it, so I'm just going to continue. No, no, that, I, was, I was going with it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Tell me more. Anyway, <laughs> I love you the most. Um, John Williams might retire after Indiana Jones 5. Uh, uh, this makes me depressed. But I understand. Yeah. The man's been scoring films since... 30 years before we were born. Yeah. No, it's it's true. He's pretty much scored everything. So. <laughs> and this is his last, like, going out party? Hey, what a going out party, right? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite John Williams score? Uh, honestly, it's probably if I'm just, when I hear the name, it has to be Indiana Jones. Cause it, it, really? It's, yeah, it's the first one that goes into my head. Bum, 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 bum. That's Jurassic Park. Yeah, I was like, um, wait, that's not it. That or uh, Binary Sunset. 
Uh, okay, can I just say my favorite is Jurassic Park? Is it really? Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that helicopter to the island shot. Mm-hmm. Can you get better than that? <laughs> it's iconic. There's just so many to choose from, right? Like, mm -hmm. ugh. All right. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin joins the cast of Fallout. Okay. This is this should be if interesting. <laughs> no, no, no! It should be interesting. If you know Kyle McLaughlin, he's been in what Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. He was Quake's father. Oh. Chloe yeah. Bennett's father. Um, I highly suggest if you're a male. You should watch. You should follow uh, Chloe Bennett on Instagram. <laughs> okay, is that is that your recommendation for today? <laughs> it is. It's just Chloe Bennett's Instagram. <laughs> um, Kyle McLaughlin, um, also from Twin Peaks, right? Mm -hmm. Who he was uh, the main character, essentially, really. Yep. Um, and he was also in Twin Peaks to return. He's he's just a solid all around actor, and I'm happy for this because he just fits that that profile, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's that kind of actor you can picture in any era. Yeah. Doesn't really matter what era, he just has that look to him, right? All right, next point, we're gonna blow through the news here now because I talk too much about my my things to enjoy. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, no, no. I went on too long. I apologize. PlayStation's Horizon TV series will seemingly be called Horizon 2074, indicating that it's partly set uh, during the fall of civilization that takes, that takes place a thousand years before the games. I am mm -hmm. so fucking down for this, honestly. Are you? I don't know where I fall with it, actually, because I really love the games. Uh, I, I do, but, like, do you agree that, like, most of the casting be like, who's going to play Aloy? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. So now you don't have to worry about that. You just have a really cool post-apocalyptic robot dinosaur TV show. Mm -hmm. That sounds fucking cool. Yeah. But the what do you think? In the in the games, when they allude to it, though, it doesn't seem like there are any. At that point, there are any dinosaurs or anything. It sounds kind of like a almost cyberpunk Call of Duty time period. So that's what I was kind of. No, no, no! It, it does, it does. But that's what I'm excited about for the the show, right? Like they can explain all these tiny little things. Mm -hmm. So it'll be all fun right. either way. No, I think this is going to be actually... I think this is the best way to take the show. Mm -hmm. Like, don't... Like, you can get into Season 5 and Aloy is a character and... Like, you can have this shit... Like, stretched out for years and years. Yeah. Alright. Michaela Cole... John Totoro... And Paul Dano... I've joined the cast of Prime 
Video's reboot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh. Huh? <laughs> yeah. They joined previously announced Don Glover and Mia Erskine, who originally was going to be, um... What's her name? That's it, actually in Indiana Jones 5. Hmm. What is her name? Hmm. What is her name? Well, I honestly didn't know that Mr. and Mrs. Smith was that big of a movie that they were going to make a, a remake of it. <laughs> that movie's so good, though. <laughs> it was good, but it te- oh, it show was. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge was originally going to be the second lead. Oh, okay. Now she's going to be the second lead in Indiana Jones 5. Hmm. So a lot of people are thinking she's just going to take over Indiana Jones. It feels like she's the most likely candidate for that. Hmm. I'm excited for this show. Yeah, I mean, sounds like a good cast. I don't know how long they can keep it going for, but... (laughs) Three, four seasons? Do you really need anything more? No. All right, Barbara Broccoli says next James Bond film in two years away from production. We're reinventing him. Hmm. And they specifically said him. Yeah. I just want to point that out. So it's not going to be a female James Bond like people think. Because honestly, Alex, you know me, um, I honestly prefer female characters. Mm-hmm. You know this. Like, I just talked about Supergirl. <coughs> like, I prefer her over Superman, right? Mm-hmm. But, James Bond to me, specifically, should be a male. Because, honestly, in this day and age, like, if you get into that, like, you're getting into, like, oh, isn't she just a whore? Yeah, people end up saying that for any reason, though. It's just I'm I'm the, aware, but specifically like of the internet. <laughs> I'm yes, yes, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like a female James Bond, I have something that would work. I honestly think is some. I think a black James Bond would work better mm-hmm. than a female one, just in terms of fan reception. And everything reception, right? Like, as shitty, as shitty as that sounds. I want whatever is best for the franchise. I don't care about any of that shit. Just what's best for the franchise right now? Yeah. What do you like? What do you think should happen? Uh, I don't know. I just think the best person for the role of James Bond. I mean, we had a reinvention with um... Daniel. Yeah. Craig. I was, I was about to say Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> He'd be a great Bond. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that reinvention worked perfectly. Uh, people loved it. I don't see Yeah, but what... that was based off of Batman Begins. Yeah, now we're in a different era, so maybe... Take yeah. some notes from whatever we're doing now. Because that last Bond movie was... It was good, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't It wasn't like, great. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it, it wasn't was, Casino or Skyfall. 
No. Alright. So, let's go into our recommendations. Alex, um, I think... Do you mind if I go first? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Alright. My recommendation, and because we are talking about aliens this week, mm-hmm. um, I'm going Frailty. Oh, nice. Great movie. So, Frailty... Yep. So, you've seen it. Uh, Frailty is a movie about... Uh, Bill Paxton is a, what, Midwestern, you would say, mm-hmm. a mechanic that he discovers, like, he's just working under a car and then a, an angel visits him and, uh, pretty much tells him that you and your sons are going to be soldiers of God. And, essentially, like, Bill Paxton's character. Also, Bill Paxton directed this movie. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yes, he directed this movie as well. Hmm. Um, I think he also directed the Elijah Wood horse movie. Oh, no, the McGuire horse movie. Oh, okay. It's like, Do you Elijah know what Wood I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, Seabiscuit? Sea Biscuit, Bill Paxton directed that as well. Oh, really? Huh. Yes. Um. So it's about two young sons that discovered that their their father is like, "Hey, we need to kill these um sinners, right?" Mm-hmm. And um, the father makes them kill him. One of the sons is really into it. The other sons is completely opposed to this sort of thing and it's just a really good movie it's very tense also it has like what alex how many choices would you say this movie has Uh, three good three yeah (laughs) in terms of like holy shit i didn't see that coming Mm -hmm. um and it's just really good for that so if you want a good twisty um psychological thriller Right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. But you get Bill Paxton from the movie we're talking about right now. And uh, Frailty, you can watch on Hulu, premium subscriptions, or HBO Max right now. Or you can rent it from anywhere you want right now. Hmm. Alex, how do you feel about Frail? Oh, Frail. I, I've been uh, like in I love think with that movie for a long time. Didn't I mention this movie as like maybe one of my first recommendations when we first started this podcast. Uh, I think you've talked about it before. I don't think it was one of the recommendations, though. No, no, it wasn't one of the recommendations, but it was one I was talking about recommending. Oh, maybe yeah. Th- okay, yeah, I think that might have been where it came from. Yeah, yeah, because I know I've talked about this movie with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a good movie, folks. Just like it's, it has some cheese in some parts, but I think overall, it's just, it's got some great twists. It's got some. Also, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he's in it is not the way you would expect him to be, right? Like he's. 
Yeah, I don't want to give it too much away. I don't want to <laughs> give too much away, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's an experience. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just one of those movies, like, if you're interested by the concept of a man being told by angels from heaven to kill heathens, and he tells his sons to go and essentially do these killings with him, and one of the sons is kind of like, Mm-hmm. If you're just into that concept, watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my uh, recommendation, which is Bill Paxson's Frailty hmm. on uh, HBO Max. Yep. So, Alex, what is your recommendation for this week? So, my recommendation is another movie. Uh, it is currently only... A move? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the shitty part about it, it's only available to stream on Peacock right now. Um, Is that shitty? I think it is, because you need the the prescription, the subscription. Oh, the premiere, the premiere, okay. Yeah, there isn't a way to rent it, it's either buy it or uh, uh, watch it on Peacock, and the movie is uh, The Northman. uh, Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Alexander I've heard so much about this, I need to watch it, I need to watch this. It's Robert Eggert movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's done uh, The Lighthouse... Uh, and And the witch witch yeah so kind of keeping in that style if uh, you've ever seen the first Conan the Barbarian with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger it's kind of a revenge tale like that but on an acid trip Uh, wow that's (laughs) a fucking fantastic description Uh, it's, so it's Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy which uh, what a team up uh, <laughs> like you well, Anya Taylor Joy is a Robert Egger player. Yeah, from Coming the back witch. from the witch. Yeah, but yeah, fantastic uh, premise. Uh, it's a pretty damn good movie. Um, it it has a atmosphere that you kind of need to close all the windows and just like melt into the scenery type of movie so make everything dark yeah make saying. everything dark make it a theater experience if you can but yeah yes. no, northman uh only on peacock right now streaming or if you buy it which but also willem dafoe oh yeah willem dafoe is in it uh there's a couple from other the white house yeah a couple other people you might notice as well uh but um not large parts compared to the two mains. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Hello, we're back. We had to take a small break. Um now we are going to talk about um also no. We need to talk about Alien 3, right? Talk about Alien 3? Well, we need to see where it's streaming. Oh yeah, that's true. For uh, next week. For next week. So, Alien... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I've been actually... We are very professional here, folks. <laughs> I don't know if you realize that, but me and Alex, we're top-down professionals here. Alright, so... 
Alien 3, actually, weirdly enough, this is the hardest movie we had to watch. You think so? Um, I mean, Hulu subscription premium, Celine TV subscription premium, stars. So you need a star subscription to see this movie right now. Otherwise, you need to rent it, rent it for three ninety nine across all platforms. Vudu, Apple TV, Google Play, YouTube. Um, if you're willing to spend four dollars on this movie, mm-hmm. um, if you do, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> especially the director's cut of that movie, um, which we will get into next week. Um, Alex, I want to get into something. Um, When's the last time you watched? So we're getting to 1986's Aliens, directed by James Cameron. Should we get into Cameron first, or... I kind of want your thoughts first before we get into everything. Okay. Uh, well, fantastic movie, as you'd expect from Aliens. Everybody's that's heard it? of the movie. No, that's not it. That's not it. Just fantastic? <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I mean... It's been, it's got to be at least 10 oh. years since I've seen it in its entirety. Wow, it's, really? It, yeah, because I've seen it probably every year at least three or four times in bits and chunks, because when it's on TV or something, you have to right, stop right, and watch right, it. Right, 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 right. How can you not? <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say that I don't think I remember the first 30... 40 minutes all that well because uh, it's always the last half of the movie that's on tv that i catch so (laughs) well as i told you alex um we i was taking my notes at very late last night and i got to the 2 30 a.m mark last night and i got to the part where um Usin says, um, how'd they cut the power out, man? They're animals! Um, and we get to that point, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I paused the movie, mm-hmm. and I just wrote out my notes. And I could just, I'm, this part of the movie is so memorable mm-hmm. that I just wrote out my notes. I was like, this is what happens. This is what happens. Maybe there was one or two times I was like, does this happen first or does this happen first? But otherwise, I was able to just write out the plot like that. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed with myself. Um, honestly, I want to ask you, <clears throat> do you like this or alien more? Uh, that is an extremely tough question because I think they're isn't two, it? Yeah, they're two completely different movies, two completely no, no. different genres. Uh, so now, I don't... people that say that this is a horror movie are wrong. I'm sorry. It just it's an action movie. Yeah, it's an action movie. Like, um, sorry to interrupt you, Alex, but just like. The fact that James Cameron's first movie was the Terminator before this, right? Mm-hmm. He came up with Aliens next. Yeah, that's crazy. 
That was his next movie, was this. And also, can I just point out something right now, which is one of the most insane fucking goddamn things I've ever seen in my entire life. Can I just point out the Aliens budget compared to all other movies during that era? <laughs> Are you ready for this? I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to bump it like I did. All right. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Blade Runner, 28 million. Return of the Jedi, 32.5. Rambo, 44 million. Jeez. Ghostbusters, 30 million. Aliens, 15.5. Wow. That's Think nuts. about that. Think about that for <laughs> a second. About the production of this movie is top tier. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as you get into the... Um, and we'll get into it, but just like the nest, right? Mm -hmm. The secretion of everything. Like, dude, like... I... It blows my mind as this was a $15 million budget compared to Ghostbusters, $30 yeah. million. That blows my fucking brain because, like, I can't see the budget in Ghostbusters, but I can see the budget in Aliens easily. That is half the price of an episode of Stranger Things. You're not wrong, because we just <laughs> talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's insane, nuts. isn't it? And yeah. also... Can we just talk about how, in Stranger Things, they casted Paul Reiser, right, mm -hmm. as a scientist, knowing you and me, our generation, right, mm -hmm. was going to know, oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah. It's Paul Reiser. <laughs> he has to be the villain. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he's actually the nicest guy to Eleven. Yeah. And right? like. <laughs> yeah, I don't spoil me. Um, oh, I thought you'd gotten. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only halfway through season three. I'm only halfway through season three. Oh no, halfway through episode three of season three. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, so let's just get into the movie. What's the cast actually? Uh, so we got Sigourney Reaver returning, which Fox did not want to happen. By the way, <laughs> did well, you remember that? Yeah, what an insane uh, thing for them to try to do. <laughs> that it was so stupid. Yeah, so um Yeah, it was so crazy. And then essentially James Cameron said if Ripley Sigourney Weaver's not back, we're not back. Mhm. Mm Which is And fair. Uh, I could get into way more notes about aliens and how it came to be and James Cameron's kind of rise to being a director, but we're already getting kind of long into the weeds here. So, um, we're just kind of going to go into uh, the movie here, and I kind of want to get into the um, director's um, like the cut scenes from the director's cut. Oh, so you watched the director's cut? No, I just seen the director's cut so much I know exactly what <laughs> I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should... wish I was <laughs> Okay, so we got Ripley's dead daughter. Mm -hmm. 
So after the, um, essentially they're accusing her of all the stuff that happened, right? Um, she's in this sort of nature, what's the word for it? Generator? Nature generator? Like what? Uh, cryo? Are you talking about the cryo? Wait, well, no, no, no. So she's in this area, right? And... There's a bunch of trees and stuff like that, but there's like a word for that, right? Like when you're in space, but there's nature all around you, and they kind of generate that image for you to make you feel like you're not in the just dead space. Oh, like a holodeck or a uh, holodeck? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's in a holodeck. Uh, Burke, Paul Reiser, comes up to her and says, uh, "Your daughter Amanda Ripley died." Mm-hmm. Of old age. And honestly, in a director's cut, um, I think this gives the movie way more um, just weight to when she finds Newt. Yeah, it makes because, a lot more sense. Like, you don't know about, like, why Ripley is so obsessed with going... I mean, she's just a... She's a human being, and she wants to protect this girl, obviously, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a human thing to do. But also, there's this added, like, Ripley was supposed to be there for, like, her 11th birthday. Mm-hmm. And she never got there. She was asleep for 50 years in that crowd thing. Also, I didn't mention that a rescue team finds her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of the movie, and, um, honestly, the beginning, um, like, the title sequence isn't nearly as memorable as the first movie. Yeah. That's the first thing I noticed, too. Like, it, it just, like, the, I like the score that comes in, mm-hmm. but that's kind of, like, it, it's almost sounds like a scream, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they produce that sound, but it sounds like a scream, but it's not. At the same time, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Alright. Um, and then, so, we kind of jumped ahead here, but the machine comes in and cuts the doors down and then scans, and... Um, and I talked about this in the Alien review, right? Like, when there's that door open and all the blue light shines through. Mm-hmm. This is that same shot, right? Like, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And that robot comes in, it scans, it finds Ripley, and and Jonesy! I just want to point out, by the time we get to Alien 3, Jonesy is very dead. <laughs> yeah. Jonesy is very dead. It's been a long time, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish there was just, like, a photo of Jonesy in Alien 3 where she just looks on like, I miss my orange kitty. Um, <laughs> Alright. So, yeah, and then, yeah, the salvage team, and it's a salvage team. Like, they're just kind of searching. They find Ripley, and they find Jonesy. Um, Ripley has a dream of a chest burster. And can I... <laughs> Alex, you want to hear something kind of fucking hysterical? Um, so I, before No Way Home came out, 
I rewatched Amazing Spider-Man one and two, right? Mm-hmm. There's a scene in Amazing Spider-Man where Spider-Man gets like, like he's like in that web area, right? Like where all the spires drop on him. Mm-hmm. It's the same Steiner sound. That really? metal clank. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Bum. Bum. And I was like, hold the fuck up. And I fucking Google it. And I find out, oh. This is the same fucking score from Aliens. He used the same sound effect. <laughs> he didn't change it at all. And only you would notice it. <laughs> Don't patronize me. <laughs> but yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I like my antennas went up. That's pretty cool. Um Yeah, no no, but yeah, that's when I realized oh my god, the James Horner score. Um So uh Burke uh does tell her she's been asleep for fifty seven years and she, I assume that that part, like, that's told to her in a dream, but we can presume that's real, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she wakes up from the nightmare. She has a meeting with the executives from the company where she explains the alien, and um, they don't believe her. And she has this uh, great speech of like all all this fucking bullshit you have like all this it's just not gonna matter eventually um and then like they like and then it goes to a screen that says case closed um and then um it seems that she destroyed a 42 million dollar cargo ship and that's not even the payload like, that wasn't even the payload that was attached. So, who knows how much it actually was. Um, and also, this is the first time that the planet is actually revered, referred to as LV-426. Yeah. And I want to point out that me having not watched this in such a long time, and maybe me not putting it together at the time, this is going to sound so stupid... That it was realizing it was actually the same place, because I. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah guess... Hadley's hope. Had technically it's Hadley's hope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the I, name. Yeah. I was just no. So I mean, why would you? No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's really cool when you find that out in the end, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, um, it makes everything just feel so much more connected and. It makes you think even why Fox was even crazier to not let Sigourney Weaver be in this movie. Yeah, there would have been no weight to the story if if she wasn't. No, no, character. it's fucking insane that. But that's Fox for you. I mean, there's a reason why Disney could buy them out. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. <laughs> like... Yeah, they aren't the smartest when it comes to any type <laughs> of sci-fi or superheroes. Yeah. They only made Fantastic Four movies so they wouldn't lose the license. Let's not forget that. Yep. Oh, and they were so That's the good. best... Alex, <laughs> did you know that's the best way to make movies? Is when you're scared to <laughs> lose your... <laughs> your rights to it? Yep. It's the best way to make films. It's the only way. 
<laughs> nowadays at least. <laughs> no, the only way to make movies nowadays is if you bring in nostalgic characters from the 90s or 80s movies and bring them into your current movie. That's the only way to make money nowadays. You're right. Um, <laughs> am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, so executive dudes tell Ripley LV-426 has been terraforming plan for 20 years and tell her there, there's been nothing wrong, right? Um, and then they, she looks concerned, and then Ripley is having a cigarette like the wife from The Shining. <laughs> I'm just talking about that very long ass... ass... Um, Mark. It's like, please ash that. Yeah. Just please ash that. <laughs> As someone who used to smoke cigarettes, please ash that. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Burke and Gorman tell Ripley they've lost contact on LV-426 and they want her as a consultant. And, um, Burke mentions her nightmares and her PTSD like she's been you know, being through the bit. You can tell she's been peeing... I'm sorry, I hit my microphone again. Um, she's been peeing through, like, her... She's been pissing herself at night. Mm -hmm. Um, essentially. And she's sweating through her clothes, like... As someone with PTSD, that's very accurate. Like, you do wake up in just, like, a sweat. If you do have those nightmares. Like, it's... It, that's That's very real. And... I did like Ripley's when she calls Burke and she gets out and she looks at uh, Jonesy and goes, And you, you old shithead, you're staying here. Mm -hmm. um, just that her delivery on that line is um, amazing. Mm -hmm. It's so good. All right. <laughs> the design of the military ship is very cool and uh, the name of the ship is the Nostromo. Um, I actually used to know the code number for it. I really? think it's like eight. It's like eight seven six two five one or something like that. Um, I I can yeah. hear Alex looking into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know it starts with eight. I don't know what it is. I I had a T-shirt of it. That's why I knew. I had a Stromo T-shirt, so that's why I knew that. Um. <laughs> So, and anyway. also, I'd like this because this is reminiscent of the pods with the first movie, right? Like, you see all these closed pods. Um, tell me when I'm wrong about that number. Um, uh, tell me the number again. 876251. Uh, I can't find that number here. So far. So... <laughs> So we'll find... I'm making this up. <laughs> That's Honestly, possible. I don't know. Um, anyway. Alright. So we get the pods open and we immediately get a rapport between all the characters and we get... Um, this is when we... Alex. This is when we get our first taste of Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes up like, Man, this floor is freezing! And, uh... And then Apon goes, um... Would you like me to fit your slippers? And he goes, would you, sir? I'd love that. <laughs> Look into my eye. Um, 
Again, I've memorized the entire dialogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. of this. <laughs> None of these lines are written in my notes, by the way. I just, I, mm-hmm. this is just one of those movies where it's just tattooed in my brain. Yeah, right um, the top of his head. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. I wish my brain memorized math or anything <laughs> even remotely useful, but guess what? I remember his James Cameron lines from 1986. Um, <laughs> uh, this is what's going to get me a job at, uh, at IGN. Um, <laughs> Vasquez and Drake's uh, relationship is so good. Mm-hmm. Also, do you recognize where Drake is from? Uh, No, I don't. Supernatural. Really? He was the first Alistair. Oh shit. Okay. In season five. He did that he did that very weird voice. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I think I do. It's very vague, like vaguely. Okay. So the first actor that played that role in Supernatural was Drake from Supernatural. And the second person that played him was a very kind man from Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> um, who turned evil, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, when I, I was like, is it Drake? Um, yeah, he's just a very recognized... He's a good actor, too. Like, I, I... His acting in this movie, I think, is pretty underrated, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just like the relationship between these people. You don't get much, but you kind of understand what the relationships are. Yeah, and it's a great a way, setup for it. Get oh, the breakfast? You mean yeah. the, the, the breakfast scene? Oh my god. This one, they're all just kind of fucking around. They're, they're fist bumping with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they have breakfast at the table, and they have... <laughs> Alex, is this a top three scene in this movie? Just having Bishop do the f- five, the five finger fillet. Uh, honestly, this is like, for me, it's like number one. It's the first scene I think of, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> Bill Paxton's reaction. What? Um, wait, like his eyes, like how they get slowly wider. Again, why wasn't Bill Paxton nominated for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he... We good? Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, folks, about that. Um, we had some technical difficulties due to me uh, moving, I guess. Uh, <laughs> can't really explain what else happened there. So we're talking about Bill Paxton and how his performance here is just absolutely incredible. Also, watch Frailty. Um, and uh, also, we got Michael Bean here. We get so many great fucking actors in this scene. Also, Lance Henriksen, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did you play any... Uh, did you play any uh, quarry with your parents today? You told me you were going to, or was that the thing that was canceled? Uh, that was the thing that was canceled. Okay, so, so but you know Lance Henrik is, is in it? Yep. 
Um, oh. He was also in D- Detroit Become Human. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in just a lot of... Also, he was mom. He was in Mom and Dad. Oh, that the Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Nicolas Cage's dad. <laughs> in that movie, and he just shouts, "I was in Vietnam." Why he tries to kill uh, Nick Cage as his son. Um, <laughs> what a wild movie that was! <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's get away. And then we got, um, um, yeah, Paul Reiser. We mentioned, I think, what did we mention? Paul Reiser or was that off, off mic? No, we we mentioned him. Okay, just like how like we thought, like we thought he was gonna be the evil character in Stranger Things, but then mm-hmm. he turned out to be uh, the nice scientist, as opposed to Matthew Mercer. Which, dude, I know Matthew Mercer from Weeds, by the way. Yeah. That's been a uh, while. One... <laughs> Weeds. Yeah. I own that. I own that entire show. On I just love Mary Louise Parker, so that's why. Um, <laughs> number one crush of all time. <laughs> um. So, we are at. I'm so sorry, folks. We got on a tangent there. Um. No, we're still on Oh, the... yeah, so, no, we're breakfast at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bishop does a knife game. Bishop Bishop bleeds, and then Ripley gets pissed off at the fact that they, uh... Um... Bought another android, and even Bishop mentions, like, oh, yeah, those androids were faulty, right? Mm-hmm. She essentially, like, um, the older monitor, like, they were known to malfunction. Stay away from me, Bishop. You got that straight... Um, and then, uh, you hear Fresco, she don't like the cornbread either. Um, I love the camaraderie on this fucking movie. It's so good. Also, I wish Frost lasted a little bit longer. I really like this character. Mm -hmm. I like this presence here. Um, and I love the inside joke of how... Hudson and Hicks look similar, like how Michael Bean and Bill Paxton just look so similar that they actually get them mixed up in the movie. <laughs> because you know people got them mixed up in the actual fucking movie when they're watching it back in 86. You and me know them as actors, but back then that must have been a little confusing. Yeah, they're no, just I can see that. Very close-shaved dudes. One of them just complains way more than the other. But when they just had their helmets on, you don't know who's who. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love... Um, and then the, um, Hudson goes, I'm Hudson, sir. He's Hicks. Um, and then... Uh, and then uh, and then Hudson asked my, one of my favorite, is this going to be a stand-up fight, sir, or another bug hunt? <laughs> and then... And then uh, Ripley starts to explain the xenomorphs, and then they go, it's going to be a bug hunt. And then uh, toward the end of some meeting, well, Ripley explains it's like somewhere along the lines of like, we were on the ship, our friend Kane got, and then he depleted, and then, um, what's your name? Uh, Vasquez goes, look, man, I just need to know one thing, where they are. And then uh, they make a very racist joke. 
Um, and uh, it's just like, and then Ripley goes, are you finished? And, uh, you know, I hope you're right. I hope you really are. And then, and then all that ends. And then <laughs> probably my favorite line of this whole scene is anyone got any last questions? And Hudson just asks, how do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? <laughs> and then, Apum, you should cure that shit, Hudson. And then the whole meeting ends, and then you hear Apum go, Hudson, come here. Come here. It's just so... It's so good. Because you know this Hudson just constantly gets into shit <laughs> with everybody. But he's uh, respected, like, he's a hacker, right? Mm-hmm. He's a tech guy. Yeah. As much as he's the, like, the buffoon, he's actually very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think they really talk about. Um, but then we get to... Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, uh, and then Ripley asks if she can help. Um, she takes care of the power loader, which is going to come back, uh, toward the end of the movie. Um, and then Ripley asks, like, where do you want this? And then they put laughs and says, Bay 12, please. <laughs> they, uh... And then, uh, the next, like, sort of, what, the next day starts, right? Mm-hmm. The sound design is so top-notch in this, by the way. I love the sound design here. And I love the militant score. I mentioned James Corner before. But, like, his militant just score is really good here. Yeah. Um, and I love a punk. A punk's a good sergeant. He's not a bad sergeant. He just didn't know what the fuck he was getting into. Yeah. This is all he new. Pumps up his, <laughs> like, he does everything that's told... He pumps up his soldiers in the right way, right? Like, he does everything, and it seems like they've done this a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. They've dealt with bug hunts, but not bug hunts like this. Yeah. Um, and also, let's give credit to James Cameron. The idea of the Space Marine. We wouldn't have Halo without this. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have... Starship Troopers, right? Like, there's a lot of things that Cameron uh, just invented here that just influenced so much sci-fi media. Yeah. Like, just the idea of... Like, am I wrong? Like, this is the first time this really came about. No, I think there have been inklings of it, but he really pulled the, the idea together to make something that was timeless. Even Time though it's futuristic. <laughs> Futuristically timeless. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. Like, the only thing that you can maybe point out is not timeless is maybe the special effects of the ships going down to the planet. That's literally it. Yeah. Otherwise, this movie looks perfect, mm -hmm. by the way. I can't believe this movie's on a $15 million budget. Every time I watch it, I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah. The alien... Dude. I can't wait to get to that scene. That scene is one of the most, like, this movie is the closest thing to Mad Max Fury Road. 
in terms of like the pacing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're waiting a little bit, like like how long? I mean, okay, the Mad Max Fury Road wait time in terms of to get to the insanity is way shorter. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the build up to this is just so well made. Like you wait forty five minutes before you see your actual first alien move. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fifty five minutes. I'm sorry. I actually wrote it time. It's fifty five minutes forty five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. And that's when you actually see the first xenomorph move out of the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's such a memorable moment. Like, when it just blends in and it comes out, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, like they, like, in that moment, you know they're fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, alright. <laughs> alright, so we get the drop... And then we get one of my favorite uh, scenes of all time. Um, the details of stowing the weapons, too. Like, when uh, Vasquez and Drake, like, they store their smart guns on, like, these kind of plank areas. It's just really well detailed. But then we get the famous Hudson scene, right? Mm-hmm maybe one of my favorite scenes of all time where Hudson just goes um, also in the director's cut I want to point out that he says in the director's cut hey Ripley check it out where there is no that in the theatrical cut right he does not say that uh, so he goes um, we got targeted beam flailings what wipe out the city with this puppy <laughs> and he just goes on to be like, we got nukes, uh, we got plasma rivals, knives, shark sticks. Um, it's just, it's one of my favorite, I didn't get the quote exactly right. I apologize. But um, he just goes on this rant about how much they have, and then you hear a pwn go, knock the shit off Hudson. And then uh, they um, get off into... Uh, Oh, and then you hear my favorite line from Hudson, which is or one of my ten favorite lines from Hudson, which is, we're going on an express elevator to hell. Going down. Um, <laughs> his delivery of that line is so good. <laughs> it's top notch. Um, um, and then we're they're going down, and then what is it? Uh, Gorman tells uh, Drake. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Drake. Uh, Gorman tells Drake. Oh, we got a malfunction on your headset. And he just slams it on the side, and, and then uh, it just fixes it. And Gorman, that's better. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, we see the atmosphere generator, and uh, we still we see that they still somewhat have power, and they land. Um, they get up to the door, like they all come out, like they're they come out in two different units, right? They kind of have. Um, actually, it's really interesting. Like if you really pay attention to how they do this, um, they have the dudes with the pulse rifles move up first, but they have the dudes with the smart guns in the second unit so that as like backup mm -hmm. 
So Drake and Vaz are like in the backup unit. And it's just really, really, really well done. Um, or is it 1v1 in terms of the unit? I think they're both back in the second unit. Anyway, I should know this, considering I've watched this movie over 300 times, legitimately. Also, <laughs> I don't... Alex, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Maybe I have. This is a movie for me. The reason why I can just kind of quote this movie and listen to this movie so well is... When I was five years old, legitimately, I would come home from kindergarten every single fucking day, and I would watch this movie as soon as I got home. I believe it. <laughs> like, as soon as I got home, I popped in that fucking VHS, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, this movie meant everything to me as a kid. And mm -hmm. that sounds weird, but I would act out the scenes in this movie. <laughs> in my room. Like, as like a little kid, I would have... I would have you can buy, like, gun pulse rifles now, like, from Nerf and stuff, right? But I didn't have that as a kid, so I just was, like, Power Ranger guns. <laughs> and I would just act out the scenes when they would get attacked by the Xenomorphs in my room. And, the... yeah, this movie just meant so much to me as a kid. Um... So we are at the, uh, like, and what I like about this movie, it makes you wait for the action scenes, right? Like, it it builds up the tension. Mm -hmm. um, so they get the atmosphere generator, and they still have power. They land, they get up to the door, and they have Hudson run, Hudson run a bypass. And they get in, and the facility is in rough shape. And, um, and then Hudson goes, hey, check it out. Um, and it's a hole in the ground. And you can see, like, this is the first time you actually see an alien melt through the floor, right? Yeah. I... Like, that hole. Like, we Team don't troll. see that until Alien Resurrections. Like, that actual visual of an alien that dies and actually sinks to the floor. Mm -hmm. We don't see that until Alien 4. It's just kind of hinted at throughout all the movies. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, really cool when they actually do do it in Alien Resurrections. Um, there's a really a lot of cool nods in Alien Resurrections 4. It's also just a fucking shit movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'm so sorry that this is the last good movie that we're going to watch in this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not Robocop, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they get up to the door, have a room by the house. They get in and find a facility in rough shape. Um, I like the character-focused cameras, right? It's kind of a different way to shoot the movie. Like, through their really poor, um, slightly light blue cameras, camera angles. I like how it's done. And I like the icon- dude. The iconic noises from the motion tracker, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my god. That. I don't even know how to make it sound. It just sounds like this. And then when you hear the sound, like, it's just so iconic. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, when I played Alien uh, Fireteam Elite for the first time, and you have that tracker, and it is like you play that first level, and it's just. And then when you hear the first track, you're like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> like, it's just so cool. Um, so they find a hole that looks melted, um, like acid did something to it. Um, when you can see it, like, yeah, like we just explained. They explain more and find a science lab, and they find face huggers. Um, and here, Bishop mentions that, okay, so I'm gonna get into a, um, another director's, um, extended scene here, right? Um, Alex, how much have you actually seen the director's cut of this movie? I actually watched theatrical for this one, so this is kind of... Okay, so you never, you never seen the, the director's? I'm not positive if I have or not, so... Okay, so, I don't know if you know this, but Noose Family is the one that actually brings a facehugger back to the la to the base. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's all kind of sort of connected, so... Burke is actually the one that sent out their family to go check that out. Mm -hmm. So when they mention all that, that is actually Newt's family. Mm. And then when Bishop mentions the family here and they try to pull it off, I'm pretty sure they're talking about Newt's father. Okay, yeah, that's they kind of an important thing to, to have pointed yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this and Ripley's dead daughter are probably the two most important scenes in maybe the whole movie in terms of like maybe you should have just thrown in these scenes mm -hmm. um all right oh my god i just scrolled down super far oh my god where am i where am i i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry okay all right um, so this is the first time you actually see the facehugger's penis. Good to know. <laughs> I'm just pointing out, man, like, you see that wiener. <laughs> that thing is trying to get into Burks' mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we hear the iconic line from, um, Michael Bean. Also, I want to point this out. Michael Bean was not originally casted for Hudson. Or for Hicks, right? Mm -hmm. It was James Remar. So if you know who James Remar is, he's Dexter's dad in Dexter. And he's also been in a number of other things. But Alex, could you picture this movie without Michael Bean? No. <laughs> could you it... picture this movie with Michael, but James Remar instead? Like, I. I could picture him in know, it, man. but as a separate character, he'd he would have fit well into the entourage. No, he would have fit it... well into the cast, but not as Hicks. Yeah, he doesn't have that sympathy. Also, him and Ripley have some fucking chemistry. Yeah, it's palpable. <laughs> it's palpable chemistry, and they like each other. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? No, there definitely is some chemistry there. Yeah, I think they like each other a little bit. Um, and I... Oh, it's so much... I love it. Alright. So, uh, so they find a facehuggers, and, yeah, Bishop mentions that someone got a facehugger torn off of them, and they were killed in the process. I assume that's Newt's dad. Um, again, this is when you first see the facehuggers... Um, 
very elongated um, wiener <laughs> slash penis. I feel like I made the point the first time. I don't know why it says slash. Um, <laughs> job movement, and they find Newt and Ripley goes after her. Oh, okay, so they get a tracker part point, right? And they, so they go after it. They find Newt. Ripley goes after her. And you kind of understand from the director's point why she would go after her so hard. Um, because she lost her daughter. Um, but here, you know, and the director's it's not really told in a way, which I wish they did. Um, and so Ripley grabs her and she says, it's okay, it's okay. They bring Newt in. Um, Gorman and the short... I honestly don't know what the short-haired woman is named. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I've watched this movie a thousand times, Alex. I have no idea <laughs> what this woman is named. I'm pretty sure she's the one that first gets killed that burns Frost. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's the one that accidentally kills Frost. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, also, Gorman has terrible children's skills. Where are your parents? Like, this girl is traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Like, maybe you want to relax for a little bit before you start down in there. And then Ripley cleans her face. She asks her. And then, um. And then uh, Ripley, you know, she kind of grabs her chin. And then she goes, your parents, where are they? And then just fucking news says, they're dead. Can I go now? <laughs> um. I'm like, oh, Jesus. All right, sure, yeah. This is awkward, so I'll definitely allow you to go. I don't want this awkward moment to last. Um, so Hudson does a scan and finds a Zipnata. Nukes wins a Ripley. Her name is New, but it's Rebecca. And her parents are, parents are dead. Yeah, I explained that. I'm sorry. Bishop examines a facehugger and Hudson screams, uh, yo, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found him. Um. <laughs> also, just fucking amazing delivery from Bill Paxton here. Um, people are in sub-level free from the scans, and, uh, Hicks says, What's like a goddamn town meeting? And, uh, the cars roll on, you get a little hint of the score coming up, right? Like, you get these tiny little little hints of the score that's gonna come Alex I just want to point out this might be one of my favorite scores in movie history <laughs> just when we get to when Ripley rescues everyone bum ba bum ba bum ba bum like it's just so oh it's so good <laughs> um the constant little motion tracker sound and then they're going down to sub level three so they, they're all going down there now, and then uh, Apom would check those corners, which is... I think of that every time I play a first-person horror game now. Or any horror game, 
Check those corners. Yep. Check those corners, baby. <laughs> um, and then they find the uh, nest with the secreted walls. And they don't know what it is. And then, uh... Hudson goes, Yeah, man, it's a dry heat. Um... Which I love that line. Ripley asks about the rifles, and they fire them down there. It'll rupture the primary heat exchanges? Um, Alex, this is one of my few problems with this movie. Because they fire their guns anyways. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, is the consequences from them firing their guns the end of the movie when all the shit is blowing up? I... I don't know. It doesn't seem like They don't explain that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the few... Very few things I have a problem with in this movie. Like, I don't understand, like... What was the point to have them do that besides to have a little bit more drama? But at the same time, it's like, also Vasquez and Drake snuck magazines anyways. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like everyone also had magazines. So everyone was hiding magazines because they were all firing. Yeah. They were all supposed to put all of their ammo in that bag. Right? Mm-hmm. So none of them listened. No, nah, they... I mean, they were... Already I mean, it like makes they... sense in a way. Like, uh, I don't know if it's the best idea sort of thing. So it is at least conserved a couple of magazines for themselves. Mm-hmm. I guess I can write that off. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> but... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I... You know when you and me talk about movies, I want to be fair with every movie. I don't want to seem biased, right? Like, I want to seem fair with everything. Yeah. Um, and then they find a cocoon body and de- dead face huggers, and they find a woman that's alive. She has a chest burster in her. Uh, they burn the... Uh, they burn the body. They kill her. Maybe just shoot her in the head and then burn the body. Mm. So she doesn't have to burn alive? Just shoot her in the head first. I yeah. Don't know. That's just. I mean, it's that's the first thing you it's should do. Even yeah. More torture. <laughs> um, so the Xenos move from the hiding place. I love when the Xenos first move. I like that, that when they move from the hiding place, and then, like, that one woman is like, um,. Maybe you don't show on if we're read at all. And it's just right fucking there, and it grabs her. And then it burns Frost, right? Mm-hmm. She accidentally burns Frost. Frost falls down the stairs. The ammo bag gets left down on the ground. The ammo bag fucking explodes. That's when all hell just breaks loose, and that's when this, this score really, really starts to kick in, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Gorman is panicking because um, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but he mentioned, I think, who was it? Vasquez asked him, how many combat drops? And she said two, including this one. 
So he's only been in one combat drop, probably nothing near like this. Um, and then, Alex, I don't know about you, but I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid, and then when Hicks screams, Where's Bowski? Where's Bowski? Is dead. Um, I honestly thought he was saying, Where, where is Bowski? Mm-hmm. As a kid. And confused the fucking hell out of me for fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gorman is pissed. They're trying to leave. Uh, and then you hear someone scream. They're coming out of the goddamn walls. Gorman gives Apon a pointless order. Uh, Apon gets captured. Ripley can't control the car. And then you hear Gorman go, Ripley, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, which is <laughs> probably Gorman's best delivery of the entire movie. <laughs> um, and then that score kicks up, right? That's mm -hmm. when the score really kicks in. Bubble bum, bubble bum, bubble bum, bubble bum, 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 bum. And I don't know if you know this, Alex, but that little that the car that's driving in that moment is a miniature. Oh yeah. Um. So if you don't know this, folks, so that car that's like driving along that is actually a tiny little miniature it's like a toy car it's a toy car essentially right like um and it's just it looks so good um and then even at that moment you're supposed to think that burke is a good guy right because even burke tells gorman to sit the fuck down mm -hmm. like you had your chance um Ripley clashes through the wall. Hicks screams at Drake, We aren't letting fast. Um, as I try to escape and uh I love the actor that plays Drake. I love his delivery of he runs out of the smart gun ammo. He goes He throws it off and immediately starts firing the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. It's such a good transition for that character of like just like really good desperation um and then uh drake gets a little too uh military uh what's the term like he just gets a little too uh happy handed with his killing <laughs> and um vasquez sees an alien pop out of the wall vasquez uh sorry about that i honestly put my headphone on my uh, microphone for a second there. Uh, Vasquez accidentally, uh, or accidentally kills Drake, right? Like, she shoots her smart gun. It bursts onto Drake. Drake burns a floor. And for rare reason, the entire floor is gas-fueled? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that part, did you? No. Yeah, just... that's the weird part to me. It's a cool, it's a cool dramatic moment, but it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, but then we get the moment where the alien goes through the door, and then um, we get the famous, famous like eat this, while he shoves a fucking shotgun into his xenomorph's mouth, and then it burns Hudson's arm, and then we hear uh, Hickstream go go go. Uh, Ripley burns the fuck out of there. They're in the middle of, like, just the middle of the planet. 
and uh, Hicks is like, you're burning a transactional, ease down, ease down. You're just burning a transactional, ease down. Ripley checks on uh, Newt. At this point, I'm not even checking my notes. I'm just going from memory. Um, um, and then they all get out, right? Ripley uh, talks to Newt. And uh, what does Newt say? One of the most iconic lines. Um, they come out at night. They come out at night. Um, what is it? The iconic line? Oh, I don't think I know this one. Oh, <laughs> my God. Blue runs over a xenomorph. Um... Oh, my God. I didn't write down any of the iconic lines because I was so fucking, like, confident in myself that I remember them. <laughs> um... That's okay. You got all the other ones so far, so... <laughs> um... They come out at nice mostly. Um, I think that's it, for the most part. Um, but then we get the iconic, um... What did you say? Oh, man, what am I supposed to do? I don't know, man, what's this? Build a campfire, huh? Seen a couple of camp songs. Game over, man. Game over. It's just, uh, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill Paxton is so fucking... He's so whiny, but he's so likable at the same time. Like, I don't think you're supposed to like Bill Paxton, right? No, I still kind of liked him, even though he no, was whiny. I mean, you're not supposed to, right? Yeah. But I think Bill Paxton's performance makes you like him. Yeah. Um, and then, so it crashes. Oh, also, we didn't get the... I didn't explain the fact that... Um... <clears throat> They order the dropship to come pick them up. It didn't get picked up. Um, one of the uh, pilots notices a glob of, like, what? Like, it looks like snot, essentially. It's this alien residue. And then um, he dies, and then um, the woman turns around and goes, Spuckmeyer. Spuckmeyer. Well, what the? And then the alien hisses at her. Uh, and then they both die, and that's when the the plane crashes, and that's when they are literally left there for, um, left there for ruin at, at a certain point at this time. So, um, so I want to point out also this is when the third directional cut happens, and that's when they find a bunch of like, um, turrets. Alex, I don't think you know about this, but there's, like, a scene where they just place these, like, 2,000-round turrets and they just essentially mow down a bunch of aliens who are trying to come and get them. It hmm. means absolutely nothing. Hmm. Still sounds absolutely cool. Absolutely nothing. It's <laughs> it's actually less cool than you think it is. Um, <laughs> it just really doesn't do anything. It just lets you know that the aliens are very persistent. Mm -hmm. That's all it really does. Um, which I think we already knew. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't... Yeah, anyway. Um, but at this point, like, um, Hicks explains to the party, like, it's gonna be 17 days before they, uh, get any sort of help. And Hansen goes, man, we are gonna even last fucking 17 hours. 
and then Ripley goes, this little girl, as I said, with no military training, nothing. She's just been hiding the entire time. And then we get the iconic Hudson line of, why don't you charge? <laughs> um, and again, Bill Paxton is just lovable. You don't hate him for this. You just understand, like, he is just a panicked motherfucker in a horrible situation. <laughs> um, so, uh, also, I just want to point out, the only military person that cares about her is Hicks. Like, when they're looking at all the blueprint plans, right? Like, Hudson finds them off-screen because the movie can't be three and a half hours long. Um, like, Newt wants to see, and Hicks is actually the one that picks her up. Even though she doesn't know what's going on, he still picks her up and lets her know when, what's going on. So I really like that, that, like, besides Ripley, like, Hicks is the other one that's actually really invested in her safety. I'm sure all of them are. But it seems like Hicks actually just cares. Alright. Where are we? Uh, let's see here. Oh, I, meant, I forgot to mention that Rippy runs over a xenomorph. That was very cool. Mm -hmm. Um... So, uh, Ripley says that Newt survived all this time, and they get to, and so, yeah, and that's when, why don't you put her in charge? Um, Ripley is still apprehensive of Bishop. Like, she still doesn't really, uh, trust him. Um. Ripley takes Newt to the hospital bed. Newt says that she has scary dreams, which is... <laughs> Honestly, I just took his PTSD. Because of the way she describes it. I'm like, that's just PTSD nightmare, sweetheart. Trust me. Um, like, there's not, there's not much else there. Um, God damn it. Why does my notes keep doing that? Sorry. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, audience. Hmm, all good. Um... This is I mean, great rate. This is great radio, by the way. <laughs> this is great radio. Um, Alex, I want actually. I want to ask you, what's your favorite scene in this movie by far? By far? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite scene? Favorite or favorite section? You know, either way. Well, uh, I mean, the first time you see the queen, probably. I'm a big sucker for giant monsters, especially when they're uh, they're like actually practical effects. Um, yeah, you can't get you know any better the, than that for me. I mean, you and you know about the cra the uh, trash bag queen from when they actually built it for the first yeah. time. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's so fucking cool. We could talk about that, but again, we are unlimited time. But I just want to say, my one of my favorite moments of this entire movie is when Ripley burns some of the eggs, right? And the queen is awake. And 
You know those two warrior alien xenomorphs on the sides? Mm-hmm. And now she looks at both of them, and you can tell exactly what she says. This bitch is mine. <laughs> like, she looks at both of them like, no, 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 no. No, don't touch her. She's mine. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that so much. Like, <laughs> there's so much dialogue without anything being said in that moment. Yeah. It's just, it's... Oh, my God. It's perfect. All right. Um... Alright. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Again, like, these... My notes are just being fucky today. It's okay, um, we can... Wherever you're at, we can keep going from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Um, Alright, so, yeah. Uh, Ripley takes him to the hospital bed. I mentioned that. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, Ripley says Casey doesn't have nightmares, um, which is her doll. And then Newt says, well, she's a doll. She can't have nightmares. She's just a piece of plastic. Um, I appreciate that about her. I <laughs> want a, a daughter to be that... that Have that realization of things. Oh. This is very important. Ripley gives her the locator. That... Hicks gave her earlier, right? Which is like a GPS thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a GPS tracker, essentially. Alright. Why did I write the the orange lightning? What orange lightning? Or the orange lighting. Oh, yeah. Like when yeah, the orange lighting in that scene is really fucking cool. I wrote lightning on accident. <laughs> orange lightning also sounds very cool, though. Yeah. Um... They talk about where the eggs come from. Um, also, this is another director's cut where um, you actually hear Hicks talk about, yeah, it's got to be like a big mother. Like when they cut to Hudson and Vasquez and there's just like a shot of them and they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. That actually goes into Hudson and be like, oh yeah, it's got to be like a big mother, like a queen. He's actually the one that mentions it. Mm. Which is interesting. Um, Bishop explains to Burke that... Or Bishop explains Burke wants the facehuckers brought in for analysis when Ripley said to destroy them. That sends uh, Ripley off because she realized that he's just been in it from the beginning. Uh, Burke tries to weasel his way out of it and Ripley checked the company log to find out he sent the people to go check out um, the ship in the first place. Brick wanted exclusive rights to the Xenomars and got everyone killed essentially. Uh, Burke shows a team about the emergency venting and it's... Um, uh, Burke shows everyone about the emergency venting like essentially this place is going to blow in four hours. Honestly, I'm, this is one of my least favorite parts about the movie is that the ending of this movie is also just you have to escape from this place in a certain amount of time, or else the place is gonna blow up. Yeah, it's just the first movie, again, but done in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. It's not done that differently. 
Um, Bishop volunteers to go uh, align the disc so they can uh, get remote control. Um, the other drop shit to them, they cut a pipe, tell them how long it'll take, and they say it's gonna be about, uh, my god, my fucking... Oh, I just... My notes are just being a... I, I'm gonna say so much worse things than I can right now. <laughs> I just wanna <laughs> say that. Um, hold on. I'm so sorry, everyone. My notes are just being an absolute asshole right now. Uh, they get really wants to go and get new. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and then, so they let, um, Bishop go, like, what, through the pipe. And then that's when, um, essentially Ripley goes and sleeps with Newt. She, and then she can't find her on top of the bed. She's under the bed. She sleeps with her under the bed. Nate, she wakes up. She finds two canisters open. They realize that um, the facehuggers are in the room. Uh, Ripley kind of casually looks up and attacks her. And then uh, she gets it off. They kind of go against a glass wall. Ripley gets the idea of, I'm going to light this lighter and I'm going to um, set off the um, fire alarm, right? Mm-hmm. So she sets up the fire alarm. Um, who does the dive through the fucking glass? Because that's badass as shit. <laughs> Is it Hicks or Hudson? Uh, I'd have to guess it was probably Hicks out of the two. Yeah, that wouldn't be Hudson. Um, <laughs> but Hudson does save Newt. Mm-hmm. I love that line where he goes, Jesus Christ, kid! And he, like, he, like, the way Bill Paxton, like, pushes her, pushes her behind him, and he just, like, one-hands the pulse rifle mm-hmm. is really, really cool. And also, like, he does care about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I just really like the way that was shot. And also the, the strangulation scene, right? Yeah. Where this is the first time you actually see facehuggers in action right mm-hmm. we we haven't really seen like we got it in a glimpse in the first movie but this is the first time we actually see facehuggers and like how methodical they are they aren't just like i'm just gonna get you like no they will wait for their opportunity mm-hmm. they're not gonna just gonna go after you immediately they will wait for the opportunity that when you're at the, your most vulnerable which i i like um and again, um, so, and then, like, when they kill them, um, Ripley explains that, oh, also, this was Burke the entire time, right? He turned off the camera so they couldn't see. He's the one that released the facehuggers because he just wanted them to be, both be implanted. And then they would both be, I don't understand his plan, honestly. Because Ripley would know. I don't know what the plan is, honestly. It doesn't... It doesn't make a lot of sense. Besides, it's like... If you release a Xenomorph in there, sure. But Facehuggers, it's like... Was he expecting just... Hicks and Hudson and Vass to kill her and the child? 
I don't know. Or I it don't know. really doesn't make sense. And I mean, so he still has to survive. Like, <laughs> well, uh, corporate greed. Let's just go with that, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. So and then what? That's when the ret like they're interrogating him. They want to. They essentially want to kill him. That's when the power goes up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when um. Potsenza. And they're animals. Um. Hicks sends. I'm not even looking at my notes at this point. I just memorize this movie from this point on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this movie is such a implant in, this, in my mind from here on out. So, like, the red lights go on. Hicks sends Vasquez and Hudson out, right? To go see, like, what's going on. They both split. They both get signals. They both come back. They both have... They have Hudson... Or is it Hicks and Vasquez seal the door. They have... Hudson have the tracker. And then Hudson keeps them like... 20 meters. 15 meters. 10 meters. You're not reading it right. Well, look here, man. I'm reading it right here. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton's just desperation and his voice is so good throughout this whole thing. And then... Ripley looks up and she was, oh, we fucked her in the roof. And then, for whatever reason, I still don't understand, is the shark shooting the fucking roof. <laughs> the shark shooting. Use a grenade launcher, for fuck's sake. Yeah. The shark shooting. But it's for a dramatic moment, and it works so fucking well. Because, uh, also, I didn't point this out. If you didn't notice, the, the xenomorphs in this movie are very gooey. They're gooey boys in this. And that's because James Cameron's like, let's just cover all the xenomorphs in KY Jelly. <laughs> just cover them in a lot of uh, pre-sex, uh, you know, lubricant. KY-426, baby. All right. <laughs> anyway, so they're in the roof. And then all of a sudden, Hicks discovers... And then as soon as they discover, the Xenomorphs just burst through the roof. Like, I don't know why they waited for someone to discover them before they did that. Yeah. Um, again, I this movie is damn near perfect, but I'm not going to point out its faults. Because I, I don't want to seem, you know, biased toward the movie. Um, so, hell breaks loose, right? Gorman has a pistol... And then we hear, we hear us and go, oh yeah, you want this? You want this too? Oh yeah, you want some? Which we've all done in multiplayer video games. Um, <laughs> when we're playing Halo or something, when we're just on like a 10 kill streak. Um, <laughs> we've all done it. Mm-hmm. And then I love, my favorite part of Hudson's death is when he gets pulled in. And what is his first line, Alex? Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> he just tells the alien fuck you <laughs> he's like he's what fuck you and he just shoots downward I'm like oh my god 
And then <laughs> Hudson gets pulled away, and the comedy relief is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this movie, essentially. Um, and this is when characters just get killed off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is when the roller coaster that was slowly going up just goes a downward spiral, and all of a sudden, every character just starts dying. Gorman and Vasquez, like, okay, so they all get into the room. Burke is killed by a xenomorph that was hiding, and for whatever reason, the rest of them didn't never found him. Where did that xenomorph go? That killed Burke. Because mm-hmm. it went into the room that they were. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, they go into the room, right? And then uh, they all leave through a vent. Um, Vasquez gets uh, attacked by a xenomorph. She shoots it with a 9mm. Um, and she accidentally starts burning her ankle. Gorman goes back. They both die from a thermal detonator. You always were an asshole, Gorman. Um, <laughs> how was my delivery on that? That was um, pretty good. <laughs> um... And then, uh, so, yeah, and then that's when Newt gets tossed into the fan, or, like, the fan belt, right? She gets tossed down into the water. The water leads into, um, Ripley and Hicks. Honestly, there's only three characters, four characters alive at this point. Mm-hmm. It went from, like, nine to four within, like, five minutes. It goes really quick in terms of how many characters just die the fuck off in this film. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, though. Um, And it it feels believable, too. It's not like, oh, we just gotta kill out the extras. No, it just feels in terms of, like, the actual storyline and, like, the actual drama and the characterization. It just really works. Um, So, at this point... um, Ripley and Hicks are chasing after Newt for the, the the tracker, right? And they find it, they start cutting, and then Ripley finds a signal on her thing. She's like, hurry, hurry, they're coming. And then Newt gets captured as just as soon as they cut the floor out. Um, and then they... Oh, I never mentioned that Bishop did reconnect the ship. Mm-hmm. And brought it back. I never mentioned that. That they sent Bishop. He, he got it. Um, like he was sent alone, and like he brought it back. And so, um, you know, Bishop is a good guy from this point on, right? Like you know, he's not. Um, he's not like Ash. Um, and so like, and then, um, Bishop and uh, I'm sorry. Ripley and Hex go into an elevator as Xenomorph kind of, like, what? Crafts dooms in there. Hicks shoots it. It gets uh, acid all over him. He gets injured. Ripley has to carry him to the, the dropship. Ripley tells uh, Bishop, we're not leaving. We have to go get we have to go get a new she, I guess Bishop just tracks 
where she primarily was. I don't really get this. It's a little wonky. Do you agree with me, or am I being too harsh? No, I think it's a little wonky. It it gets like a little fuzzy thing. for it gets a little fuzzy for a minute here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just buy it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say that's not yeah. It's a little weird. So we go down. Ripley ties. This is one of the coolest. Alex, it's just not one of the coolest, baddest, most moments in movie history when she ties a fucking flamethrower next to a pulse rifle. Mm -hmm. She ties them to fucking together. <laughs> Do you know how many times I tied guns together as a kid? And my parents <laughs> were like, why'd you waste the duct tape? <laughs> Apparently pretty often. <laughs> Very, enough, enough times that my parents had to mention it to me. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't they make toy pulse rifles as a kid? I don't know. It makes me <laughs> so angry still to this day. Um, anyway, so she goes down with the elevator. She's got the toys. She's also got, like, a belt of, like, grenades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which she just tosses in the middle of <laughs> an explosion, which I love. And then she, she goes down. She's chasing. I'm sorry, folks, at this point, it's very late and I want Alex to be able to get to bed soon um because <laughs> um, I know you have work tomorrow don't you uh I not work but I have uh, some school stuff I have to get started on okay then uh, uh, just as good as reason for me to rush through this <laughs> and also this is how I rush through this in my mind also folks I want to point this out from the last breakout scene when like, they all get attacked for the last time when a bunch of characters die. I went straightly off memory here, and Alex tell me if I fuck up. How am I doing so far, by the way? No, oh, pretty good from what, I re from what I remember. It sounds pretty spot on. Yeah, 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 that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> Alright, so we're going, and um, Ripley's going through. She finds Newt's watch, right? Mm -hmm. And she groans at it in a very sexual way for some reason. <laughs> wasn't really a... I, I was, I'm sorry, I wasn't a fan of her delivery of this. Also, I was by myself with Sigourney Weaver. Um, <laughs> anyway. Just kind of try to roll past what I just said there. Um, I didn't know how to comment on that, so I was just gonna let it I go. don't blame you! If I find quite I don't know how to comment on my own fucking comment. Um, so it's fine. Um, so we're just gonna roll right past it like Sigourney Weaver tries to find Newt. And Sigourney Weaver finds, uh, or no, Newt wakes up, right? In her cocoon. <laughs> in her webbing. Which, by the way, again, very different from the first webbing I saw in the first movie. Which is very brown. Like a very brown, like, it looked like a real cocoon. Where here is just, it's just like kind of gross webbing. Also, if you don't know, if you're wondering how... Because they mentioned in the beginning of when the marine first goes in there, the secretion, right? Alex, do you know how the secretion works from Alien, the Xenomorphs? Mm-hmm. 
It's their backs, their back things. Oh, okay. Those back spikes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they secrete things. Okay, I'm learning yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might have. Mind you, people, that might have changed throughout comics throughout years, but that's what I remember from comics from 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Some might have changed throughout years, but from what I remember 15 years ago when I was a young child, that's what I remember the secretion being is like an actual secretion from like the Xenomorph's back. Um, like those little, you, you see those spikes on their backs, so. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Newt wakes up, and a egg wakes up, and she screams like she's, um, what's your name from World of the Worlds? Oh, the, the new one? Dakota new Fanning? One? Yeah. No, I'm talking about Dakota Fanning, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, my mom texted me, she's like, I watched World of the Worlds. I was like, oh, so you listen to Dakota fanning scream for two and a half because <laughs> <laughs> that's all that movie is Alex yeah I don't remember like, it being particularly memorable <laughs> it's not <laughs> especially the ending when there's a street that's completely fine <laughs> like why didn't everyone just go on this street apparently this is the only street in America that's not affected by this <laughs> um Wow, yeah, what a... And that's a Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. It just shocks me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ripley finds uh, Newt, and she blasts the... A bus of just kind of the egg area, right? Like, she just kind of shoots around that area. She grabs... She pulls Newt out, and I think she kills a couple of warriors, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, and then her and her escape a little bit, and then they get into Alex. The best section of the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Like, her, the, the queen alien's breathing is so creepy. It sounds like a human, first mm -hmm. of all. Second of all, the fact that that's all robotic is terrifying. <laughs> also, the fact that, again, my favorite scene is when Ripley just goes, fuck it, flamethrower the entire place, and she looks at both of her warrior kids and goes, this bitch is mine. <laughs> Like, I love that so much because you can just tell what she's thinking. To the point where she rips herself off of her shit, right? Also, that's a gross... Like, I didn't need that close-up on that. Did you? <laughs> oh, I thought it was pretty cool. Do you know cool. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is just like... I'm like... Oh, God. Oh, oh, okay, sure. That's some webbing, I guess, sure. Like, mm. <laughs> I was just gross. Like, it took me, like, three minutes to recover from this, her just ripping herself off of that with the goo. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, Cameron. 
I know you have fifteen million dollars. Don't waste a million dollars on this alone. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, um, so the the, what do you think of this scene? This is your favorite scene, right? You were talking about it. Yeah. Um. Again, you haven't watched this movie in a few years. Um, talk me through the scene for you. Just what I think of it. Uh, I mean, in general, uh, being able to see every, being able to see a full scene of what a world, a xenomorph world that's been transformed in this disgusting place, like looks like, is right, right, fucking terrifying. The secretion, uh, and then like, dude. It's not only that, you don't know where her limbs end and begin when she's, like, up on that pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. Because of, like, this that long limb, it looks like it's all just, like, this kind of spider-like figurine where you don't know where it begins and ends. Yeah. And, like, her limbs are so huge. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just creates, like, this terror. Also... The fact that her mouth looks different from the other xenomorph inside mouths. Like, the fact that it's like a, um, a, it's shaped like a pipe. It's circular. Mm-hmm. It's not a mouth. It's circular, in a way. Yeah. Which is just creepier, <laughs> in a way. I don't know. And also, it makes you wonder, like, oh, what makes a, like, what births a queen alien? Yeah. Like, how do you like what makes a queen alien it's just really really cool anyway let's get to this because you need to go to bed um so alien (laughs) um ripley and newt uh, um we talked about the alien so much i just got my mind i apologize (laughs) folks um so ripley and newt uh they escape Jesus Christ, why do I keep hitting my fucking... Anyway. It's okay, it's not affecting it. Okay, good. I keep hitting my microphone, folks, and apparently it's not making any sound, but it's bothering me as a host that I'm so immature about this. Anyway. um, So, uh, Ripley, they just run up, and they call up the elevator, right? Oh! Also, I need to call out the moment when... Um, the eggs start opening and Ripley just does that side head. Mm-hmm. And then she just like fuck it and just horches motherfuckers. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I don't need just grenades for my pulse rifle and just tosses the whole fucking thing in there. <laughs> and also, dude, that egg, that egg sack is weird and creepy and cool all at the same time. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, the egg... Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when she shoots it with the grenade launcher, how it just leaks this white liquid? You're like, oh, God. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, what is that liquid? <laughs> how bad does it smell? Um, God. Like, okay, honestly, how bad do you think one of those places smell? Just an alien nest. I mean, it looks very, uh, what's, what would be the word for it? Uh, 
Looks Vec- fragrant and juicy. Vec- what what's that <laughs> word that starts with that? Vacuumous or something? Vacuous? No. Vacuum. I think no. I think we're on the same page. We know the word. We just can't say it. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. So, um, Ripley and Newt they activate the elevator, right? They get on it, and then <laughs> between Alien's reaction to the to the to the elevator opening, she goes, "Huh? Open door?" <laughs> and she just she just gets in it, like. <laughs> Uh, maybe this will lead somewhere. Let's see. Like, I just love her. Re- like, she literally tilts her head to the side like she's an Arrested Development character. <laughs> so fucking amazing. Also, like, you gotta imagine, like, even just doing that head... The head tilt. That's so much work than the people that are controlling that thing have to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have to do that, but they did for us. Um, so then we get to the top, um, Newt and Ripley find that Bishop is not there, um, and Ripley says, uh, something like, Bishop, you son of a bitch, something, what is it? Why can't I remember this one specific line? The (laughs) internet's gonna hate me! Um... (laughs) I forget what it is. Anyway, uh... Um, essentially, Bishop, you son of a bitch, right? Like, why mm-hmm. did you leave us? And then the alien door opens, and then you see the queen come out. And it's such a cool shot because of the way it's lit. Mm-hmm. It's like this blinking light, you know? Mm-hmm. So you just see parts of her as she's coming out. Even though you already know what she looks like. They still have it as this, like, this event when you see her. Yeah. It's really cool. And then um, Ripley says, close your eyes, baby. Um, I remember that line. Um, whatever. And then Bishop rescues them. And then the queen alien gets into what? Gets into? Uh. She, when they're taking off, she fucking hyper jumps. Oh, what she grab onto exactly? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if you know this, but there's theories about why Alien Three happens in terms of the egg. So I don't know if you know this, and I'm pretty sure this is comic canon after Alien Three, so they can make Alien Three make more sense. But so essentially, a queen alien has an egg with her. Mm-hmm. That's a queen alien egg. Okay. So in terms of like emergencies or something. So she planted it somewhere and then they gone to Ripley. Mm. For Alien 3. Mm-hmm. Which apparently if you listen to the director's cut of Aliens, you can't hear an egg open. Mm. Which, mm. what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um. Essentially, okay, so, um... We think everything's good. Also, um, I didn't mention this. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I have another thing of... The director's notes. The director's notes. The director's scene. The turrets. I mentioned that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
the Queen Alien. Hicks's name. Did I mention that? Oh, no, I don't think so. So before Ripley goes to get Newt, Ripley and Hicks have a moment where they say their first, they're each other's first names because they've been calling each other by their last names the entire movie, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Ripley says Ellen, and then uh, Hicks says it's Dwayne. Mm. Um, again, not important whatsoever, but it's a it's a nice moment, right? Like, yeah. Like especially like you you care about those two characters together, like you want them to be together in the end. Um, and I actually I think it's one of the few romances in a movie that doesn't deter from the movie right mm -hmm. it's so subtle you know they like each other but they never even say it ever but you know it yeah i think that's just really um subtle storytelling but also really good so the alien uh the queen alien um or ripley congratulates bishop they see a little thing of acid on the ground Alex, I swear to God, I'm not even looking at my notes anymore. I'm just going from memory. Um, <laughs> she splits Bishop in half, right? Mm -hmm. So she splits Bishop in half. Uh, Newt. Oh God. This is where I get a little confused. So Ripley... Well, she, she, goes after Ripley, but she wants she, she wants to go out there newt so she goes out there newt ripley distracts her oh no 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 she goes yeah no she distracts newt Rip, the queen goes after ripley the door closes and then she just immediately turns her turn over to newt mm -hmm. and that's when the the bottom door panel things and she's taking her very spindly Dude, her spindly hands, the alien queen's hands are very spindly and creepy. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Um, it's such a cool horror moment. Also, do you know that the actress that played Newt, she's a like high school teacher in California now? Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she she's a, definitely a teacher in California. I'm not what grade, mm -hmm. but um, I'm pretty sure that James Cameron tortured her so much she never wanted to act again <laughs> i'm not joking folks james cameron's a hard man to work for yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> there's a lot of stories he's a bit of a perfectionist mm -hmm. um which is why this movie turned out so well for 15 million dollars um and then um alex is this the most iconic line from this movie oh yeah 100 percent. because there's been commercials made about it at this point there's been super bowl commercials yeah about this get away from her you bitch mm -hmm. and then the hiss and then they fight and also scream 2 got this line wrong i don't know if you know this mm -mm. so scream 2 declares it's stay away from her you bitch okay which is wrong it's get away 
Am yeah. I wrong? It's get away. It's get it's away get from away. her, you bitch. It's okay. get away. Yeah. Get away from her, you bitch. Um, and also, I just want to point out, Sigourney Weaver was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, I mean, you can see why, like, this is a... Like, Sigourney Weaver was on the map, but this is the movie that really just, like, made her, like, a... It won two Oscars. Again, okay, let's finish this movie, then we can talk about that. So, essentially, Ripley and her, they, tug it, they duke it out. She's in the Power Loader, which is a reference from the beginning of the movie, which is such a cool callback, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually tied back into the beginning of the movie. She knows how to work this thing. She has a class two... Alex, she has a class two rating. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I can't believe I remember something like that. Um, um, and then, so they fight, and they eventually go into the hole. Honestly, are you... Can I ask you something? Are you bothered by the fact that this movie ends with both another explosion followed by launching the alien into space i'm not just personally. like the first one <laughs> or do you think it's just a cool homage uh, i just feel like it's a completely different movie with similar characters so i'm fine with the uh, right right okay with it yep. happening again <laughs> fair enough i'll just shut up jeez um, <laughs> <laughs> i have a bit as much as i love this movie i have a bit of a problem with just them kind of repeating the same thing. Oh, yeah. That's just me, though. Again, I think this movie is pretty much fucking perfect. But again, dude, the score here is so good. Again, that amazing Spider-Man score just coming in. <laughs> I wish I was joking, but they really do just take things from aliens and put it in the amazing spot. I was like, this is just the alien score, but mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they essentially, like, they just make the queen alien fly into space, and I think we say this, do we see future spoilers? Also, who gives a shit? These movies are terrible from here on out. Is it the same queen alien and Resurrections? No, I don't think so. I think it's a different one. Is this one. an egg? Is yeah. this an egg? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And, um, so we get, um, one of my favorite lines from uh, Bishop, which is not bad for a human. <laughs> That's a great fucking line, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's his last line, by the way, before he's decimated as a character in the next movie, uh, which we'll get into next week. <laughs> but we get Newt and uh, Ripley. So we get Hicks also. He's horribly injured. Um, also going to be just turned into a piling smolder of rubble in the next movie. <laughs> Alex, I'm so curious to hear about your opinions about Alien 3. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so curious about that movie. Um, but anyway, so we get uh, Ripley... Uh, saying to Newt, uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna sleep all the way home. Or Newt, Newt says, I'm gonna sleep all the way home. 
and it ripples us all the way home until <laughs> you drown. God. In your sleep. Yep, that's a plot point. A, you're not. You're. You're not gonna feel a thing. Don't worry. <laughs> um. <laughs> I made that really nice and light toward the end. I just felt like it was necessary to lighten the mood toward the end there um but alex okay so we have to get okay aliens is it a good good oh yeah it's good, bad? good good movie okay okay so now we have to have this discussion where do we rank aliens versus aliens? uh i like i think they're two different movies but i enjoy watching aliens more than i like or re-watching alien you know what? Watching back to back, I'm in the same boat. Honestly, I think Aliens is just like I think it expands on the lore in a interesting way, not in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, I think the lore makes more sense. I think there's just more. Uh, I think Ripley just has more to do as a character. I also think the supporting cast is much better. Mm -hmm. Um. And honestly, too, like, it's interesting because Cameron, it's not like he hasn't made a horror movie before. He made The Terminator, which has a lot of horror elements, especially in that third act, right? Mm hmm Like, the monster that keeps coming back alive. Yeah. And that's sort of the same for the Alien Queen, right? She keeps coming back. Mm hmm When you think she's dead, she, she came back again. So, third act, Cameron... Can you really match third act Cameron? No. And I think that's where we come down on this. So, again, so I think right now me and Alex sit at Aliens number one, Alien number two. And we will be uh, with you two weeks from now with uh, Alien, Alien 3. 3. Directed by David Fincher. And also, this is kind of nice because if you want to do a Fincher Fest or a David Fincher run, we can just skip Alien 3. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to. Like, that would be nice. Like, we already got it out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be nice. But, um, again, folks, uh, this is a... I feel like this is a very long podcast. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this one. I had a lot of fun. Alex, mm -hmm. this is, a, this is a, a dream come true for me, honestly. Really? About this movie on a podcast. <laughs> like, this is a movie I've grown up with since I was four years old and actually talking about this movie officially on a podcast it was uh honestly a bit of a dream come true for me in a way which is kind of sad i should have better dreams <laughs> no i don't think so i think that's a good dream <laughs> i was trying to make the audience feel bad for me alex <laughs> no all right <laughs> all right well um uh, you know what everyone you know what the world is shitty uh, but, you know, I hope we can be here to keep you smiling. And we will see you in two weeks. And you know what, Alex? You have a good night, my brother. You too.